Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 62. Man, it's good to see you again. I feel like it's been two weeks since I've seen you last. It has. Okay. Good, has. Well, good to see you. Good to see you too as well. We got tons this week. Tons. Before we get started though, I just want to say a couple things up front. Guess what is finally streaming on Netflix? Please say Cobra Kai. Yes. All right. It is here. There is no excuse now for you not to watch this show. Seasons one and two are officially available. If you listen to this show, you know how much we love it. Do it, right? Come on. This is one of the best shows I've ever seen on any streaming platform. It's one of the reasons we started doing this podcast, if you remember, because I got tired of telling people one-on-one, hey, you got to watch Cobra Kai. And they're like, what's that? It's on YouTube Red. What's that? Well, now it's YouTube Premium. Where do I find it? Just watch it. Now it's on Netflix. That's easy enough. If they painted it on your eyeballs, right? No, it's right here. Netflix. (laughs) Now, the only thing is, season three, originally slated to come out this year, has been moved to 2021. When? Don't know yet. I thought you said it was in the can already. It is. I think what the deal is, and we mentioned this in the last episode, they're trying to push things into 2021 because no one's making anything. So something that was sort of in the can, I think instead of like, let's get it out there, they're like, hey... Let's wait till next year because nothing's coming down the pipeline. See, I don't get that because if it did come out in, let's say, November, it would be the only new thing on TV. So why not put it out when there's nothing else out? I guess they got enough stuff on Netflix for the year. I don't know. Point is, watch seasons one and two right now. Stop listening to this podcast and go watch Cobra Kai. Done. All right. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's get out of here. All right. What else? Also, I wanted to mention, I've been ripping on HBO Max for weeks now, bitching and moaning about the fact that I can't watch it on my television because it's not available on Amazon Fire Stick or Roku, and it's infuriated me, right? Yeah. But I can watch it on my computer and my iPad, and I have been, and I got to say, I really like it. There's a lot of stuff to watch on HBO Max. Obviously, you get all the HBO. It's all right there. But they also have Turner Classic Movies. And there's a lot of great movies on there that I couldn't find anywhere else. Old stuff. Old stuff. Real old stuff. Like? Like Citizen Kane, which I watched. I watched Citizen Kane and the original King Kong in one night. I did an RKO double feature. Wow. And I loved it. I hadn't seen Citizen Kane in forever. I hadn't seen both of those movies in forever. I'd seen them multiple times. Citizen Kane, still a little dull in the middle. I know it's supposed to be the greatest movie ever made, and God knows it's incredible. But still, for me, it lags at points. But this isn't a Citizen Kane review. I know, I know. But then I did watch. No, we're not we're not purging Citizen Kane. All right, (laughs) the undisputed greatest movie of all time. Right. The 1933 King Kong, which I loved, I had not seen in forever either, that thing still holds up. When you think about how old it is, it is an incredibly effective movie. 
Okay. I couldn't believe I got to watch these movies again. I hadn't seen them in forever, and it's because of HBO Max. Like I said, they have Turner Classic Movies on there, and I scrolled through what they have for their library, and they have a lot of stuff. So if you're looking for a place that has great movies, not necessarily like, you know, the coolest stuff out right now and what's trending, classic stuff, HBO Max has got it. So I was impressed. The old movies are not necessarily in the purview of this uh, program, but obviously stuff like On the Waterfront and Casablanca and all that stuff, like, it's, it's worth going back and watching some of that and then compare some of the stuff that comes out today and, and you'll see kind of why we're so cynical a lot of the time. Absolutely. Now, I bring these two movies up because they happen to play a prominent role in a documentary that I watched the next night, unbeknownst to me. Now, this documentary I've been wanting to see for a while. It came out last year. I was waiting for it to stream. It's finally available on Amazon Prime. It's called Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound. It's one hour and 34 minutes, nothing to it. I loved this. Now, can I just interject real quick? You told me about this because we try not to talk about stuff that we're going to review in advance so we Mm -hmm. can try to surprise each other a little bit. You told me about this in advance. Because you just thought I would like it. Yes. Not even for the show. Right. So that's about as good of an endorsement as we can get. If you like the history of film and the technology, how it's grown from, you know, basically just like silent pictures and the fact that they had a piano playing right up to today with digital technology and everything. Now let us go through the history. It breaks down all the aspects that go into a, a movie soundtrack, you know, like the Foley work, the dialogue the ambient noise, the special effects, the mixing of it. It's so in-depth, and it really covers three people that have made huge contributions to sound, and that is Walter Murch, Ben Burt, and Gary Rydstrom. These guys are the kings. Walter Murch worked on Apocalypse Now, which was like a watershed moment in sound production, and that's one of my all-time favorite movies, so I loved it for that. Ben Burt, obviously the king of sound when it comes to Star Wars, right? Yeah. Revolutionary sound in that. And then Gary Rydstrom did everything on Pixar. He did Jurassic Park, the whole digital age. I mean, these guys, these are the guys. If you love movies and the technical side of movies and how they're made, this is an absolute must watch. It has a 97% with the critics and a 93 with the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my God, what can I say? I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. It's Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound, streaming now on Amazon Prime. This is a major binge. All right, Demo, the time has come. Uh Uh-oh. Now, I didn't tell you what I was going to review second. No. I just said it was a documentary. Yes. And you told me you had a documentary, but then I remembered you actually told me what it was going to be in advance, so... I was hoping we would have secretly watched the same thing and that I could do it before you and upset you like I did with Circus of Books. I get a lot of good feedback about that episode (laughs) because you were so angry. (laughs) Uh, There's very little thing to take pleasure in these days, but one of them is angering Demo by watching something and reviewing it. I have to say it doesn't take much. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) It kind of comes primed. So I watched a documentary on Amazon Prime called Most Likely to Succeed. Okay. They take four high school kids, 18 years old, who were voted most likely to succeed in their senior class. Now, real quick, were you voted most likely to anything in your deal? Most likely to just nerd out and 
Hold on. I don't know. <laughs> no, keep keep it. I don't know. <laughs> keep keep that. This is what I deal with, folks. Yeah. Um, I was voted most likely to something. It wasn't succeed, but what was it? Well, I played a lot of music back. Oh, that's then. right. Yeah, so I, I was voted most talented, but then they didn't tell me when the picture was, so I'm not in the picture. <laughs> Least likely to show up for the picture is what I should have got. <laughs> anyway, so they pick four people who were voted most likely to succeed in their uh, high school uh, yearbooks. Two women, two guys, and it follows them for 10 years. So this is what Boyhood, remember that piece oh, of yeah. crap Linklater movie? See, I did not see it, so I can't say it's a piece of crap or not, but I guess you're saying it is. It's awful. I know it was too long. I looked at the running time and I was like, ugh, about one kid growing up? Yeah, well, it's 10 years long, but yeah. it's, it seemed like 11 years long. Uh, <laughs> this thing, that movie sucked, but the thing is there was no script. It was like, it was just such a gimmick. It was like, who needs a script when you have such a good gimmick? This is what Boyhood should have been. Because it takes these four kids and follows them for 10 years and updates about every year. Now, there's a couple of interesting things about this. This was directed by Pamela Litke. Do you know who that is? No. Okay, interesting because I followed her on Instagram and it says that you follow her. I do? Yeah. She's a photographer. You know who I'm talking about? I probably, about? you know, came across her in the photo world. Pamela Litke. Yeah, it's ringing a bell now that you say it. Okay. And a lot of the cinematography, obviously, is just home video stuff. So there's a long list of people who filmed it. The four kids are Peter Hayes, Sarah Kaiser Cross, Quadrella Lewis, she goes by Quay, and Charles Ryder, who goes by Disco. And they all have very promising futures at the age of 18, like all of us did. Time out. Yeah. When did they start shooting this? 2007. Okay. So they finished in 2017. It came out late last year. Okay, it's a 2019 release. Yeah, and it went to festivals, and now it's just on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Here's the good news. Let me read these people back. Peter Hayes, Sarah Kaiser Cross, Quay, Quadrilla Lewis. And Disco. And Disco. Guess who we have on the phone, Demo? Who? Charles Ryder, Disco, calling in. Really? Yeah, really. Charles, how are you? And are you still going by Disco, or do you prefer Charles, or what? How should we address you? And thanks for calling in. Hi, uh, you're very, very welcome. Uh, yeah, I still go by Disco. Uh, in fact, it's what people call me. It's like my, it's my whole thing. It's like my whole identity, even at work. See, I'm the same way, man. Because my <laughs> my real name is not Demo. It's Paul, but I've been going by Demo since the sixth grade, and I can't get away from it. So I just embraced it years ago, and some people don't even know what my real name is. So <laughs> I totally get it, Disco, for sure. Disco, Disco and Demo. We can, Disco's a lot cooler Demo. than Demo. Disco <laughs> is way cooler than Demo, for sure. <laughs> so we've just been talking about this documentary, and it basically it follows you guys. There's four of you in the, in the documentary, and it follows you for 10 years after you're voted by your classmates as most likely to succeed. Uh, the most obvious question, what, what was it like being followed for 10 years by cameras and stuff? So they came and they uh, filmed for a little while. Then there's some time before filming. So um, when they were here, it was it was awkward. It's like having people there just watching you, watching you. And then you feel like, should I be performing? Should I be doing something? What, what do you what do you want to see from me? What do you want to see from me? So there was a lot of times with uh, the director where she would tell me, like, Charles, 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 Disco, Disco, relax, relax. 
relax. We just want you to do you. We just want you to be you. You don't have to, don't overthink it. Yeah. Like when they were here, it was a whole lot of overthinking when there wasn't, it was, it was, it was like, there's enough time in between when they shot that I felt, I, I sort of forgot that, that I was being filmed for so long. How much time was in between shoots? What were like the gaps? So they, they shot, they shot. Yearly, I want to say. Okay. Uh, there's a while, or I think there's a couple years where we took a break from shooting, uh, but it's been pretty consistent, at least yearly, if not yearly, um, at least every other year. Yeah. But we always like did something, like we take pictures or we do like our recordings or like we would always be working on something. They just wouldn't always be recording. Now, the other three people in the series, uh, Sarah, Peter, and Quay, do you know those people? Did you guys get to meet, or do you keep in contact, or were they just kind of separate subjects from you? Uh, so, Quay, I knew her from high school. We both went to the same high school. Uh, so, I, me and her were very, like, we, we hung out and stuff, so we were very familiar with each other. Uh, the other two, like we had, I didn't know. I didn't even know that they were a part of the documentary until I saw the um, I, I saw the completed product, like before, right before they uh, released it. Oh, whoa! Did you think it was just about the two of you, or did they tell you there were? It was a story of four people. So it, like, it was really hush hush from us too. The only other person I knew that was in it was Quay. Okay, it's because he worked at the same high school. But the uh, director told me that there was like at least ten different students. So oh, she played a little mind game. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a little bait and switch there. Okay, interesting. So when is the first time that you saw it? You saw it right before it came out. Yeah, so uh, it, uh, not right before it came out, maybe, well, I guess right before, you can say, like six months before it came out, I watched it uh, at my home by myself, and it felt real weird. It felt real weird, uh, like um, watching yourself, uh, especially watching yourself progress over such a period of time. Right. Also, you're watching you. You're not watching you giving a performance acting it yeah. is it is you you know right. i mean that's your life it's not just like oh this is part i played that's got to be something to see it up on a screen like that yeah yeah there's there's some parts in there that were hard to watch for me you know like uh brought up a lot of emotion for me mm, i'm sure what do you feel like they got right or got wrong i mean is there anything you feel like was misrepresented or anything that you're like man they really got to something that i didn't even realize until i saw it like third hand uh yeah so um in terms of things that they got wrong it i would say it's anything major it's just like a a, a few timing things that were different like you know like the, the whole hollywood shine they put on to uh those uh films and stuff um so outside of timing and stuff everything was pretty uh pretty accurate and something that uh, and that's part of it. Something I'm getting ready to say was part of the things that was hard to watch for me was uh, watching myself as a high school student and looking at the circumstances that I was in, and and uh, just seeing that, seeing that now versus being in it. You know, it's like you can't read the outside label of a ketchup bottle while you're inside the ketchup bottle. Uh, <laughs> 
so you don't you don't really see what's going on you don't have that holistic view but now that i can see now that i can look back and see like man i i i really did uh i really did push myself through some things well i'll tell you what man watching you on that documentary you have this amazing positive energy man and watching you in particular just put such a huge smile on my face man and i hope that uh that you're getting to pass that on to other people in real life too. What are you doing now? You were doing physical education or something last it left off, right? Uh, no, I was, uh, that's just what I went to school for. I, uh, I actually am a training consultant for rock central, which is a part of the, uh, quick and loans family of companies. I actually get to, uh, facilitate different team buildings and trainings and uh, things of that nature that help people develop their soft skills, get them prepared for leadership or to help them develop as leaders. That's fantastic, man. I mean, having known you for uh, 90 minutes worth of documentary and now about eight minutes of phone call, it sounds right up your alley, man. I'm really happy to hear that you're putting that to use. It sounds perfect. Yeah, no, was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super fortunate to be able to do the things that I can do. Or like I had the opportunity to, to, you know, impact people the way I do. Now question, are you getting recognized at all? Are people seeing this film and going, Hey, I saw you or what's, what's your reaction with the public been like? Uh, so it's, it's been pretty cool. I mean, obviously like you guys reached out, uh, there's been a whole lot of other folks, just positive, uh, people reaching out, which honestly was just like, perfect timing because I was coming I was in the spot where I was like I don't know like if I'm doing enough I don't know if I'm uh if I'm I'm using my platform enough so it was like perfect timing to to get uh uh so many people reaching out talking about how they've seen the documentary and how um like my story specifically has impacted them so that's been really cool and then it's really been cool because they go by disco at work Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh that some people like see the documentary and then like they make that connection and then they reach out to me on the side and like hey you don't know me but i just watched your documentary and it was super super cool and all this other stuff or like uh, my my wife works uh with the same uh, organization so she occasionally has our teammates reach out to her like oh my god i didn't know your husband i was watching the documentary and, and didn't realize it was your husband and stuff like that so that's been pretty sweet you're married to disco <laughs> yeah right right so last question because you, you know a lot of really cool stuff came across through this documentary and um the way it was put together pamela Licky, i think did a good job with the whole project but what do you hope people take away from the whole thing because we're definitely recommending this thing to everyone we talk to and on our show and everything what do you hope people get out of watching this uh, documentary uh honestly i hope people get a realistic view of what life is like for uh, people outside of college, no matter what race, no matter what ethnicity, gender, um, like life after or life after high school going into college and, and the, those first 10 years are full of crazy ups and downs that you can't mm-hmm. possibly yeah. see coming. So I hope people just see that, hey, uh, things happen and the best way to deal with those things is to take them one at a time. You know, one of my favorite things is uh, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Like, it's the only <laughs> way to eat that thing. Disco, you're full of you're full of colorful sayings. The ketchup and the elephant. I love it, man. I'm going to use those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Well, we loved the documentary, man. And your, um, your story was so inspirational and so relatable and the positivity that you have and that big smile you got all the time, man. We just really appreciate stuff like that being out there right now. And a lot of people are bummed out and, uh, that's such a great thing. I, I hope everyone that, uh, hears our recommendation watches it cause it's an incredible show and, and you're, you're a great dude. We're really pulling for you, man. I, I really, really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And, and thank you. Thank you. Disco, thank you so much for being on Binge or Purge. We totally appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. That's a cool name, Binge or Purge. I love it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. All right. Thank Have you. a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. That was a cool interview, man. That went pretty well considering I hadn't watched it. Well, because <laughs> I thought that you, yeah, because I was trying to surprise you by watching your own documentary, which didn't work, but that's a fantastic documentary. Again, it's called Most Likely to Succeed. It's on Amazon Prime, and that was Charles Ryder, a.k.a. Disco, one of the best parts of the show, and it's so nice of him to call in. Please watch this doc. It's only about an hour and a half, and it's so good, and uh, there's a lot you can learn from it, so uh, definitely a binge. That was great, Joe. Yeah, sometimes I surprise you, don't I? Yeah, I, I, I was like, oh, I, I had, literally, I had no idea we were going to do an interview tonight. Yeah. And when you told me, I was like, what? My blood pressure just skyrocketed. Yeah. But I think we pulled it off. Okay. All right? Now, now you have a you have an ad to read? I do, Joe. Okay, I right do. Ahead. You spend a lot of time in front of screens, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, for work stuff, right? Yeah, because of COVID, I mean, so many people are spending more time in front of screens than they've ever imagined. All that time in front of a screen can cause eye strain, fatigue, even sleep disturbances due to harmful blue light emitted from computer screens and other digital devices. God knows I suffer from this, mm -hmm. right? I always have headaches. What do I have a headache? I know why, because I'm in front of a screen all day. Yeah. Thankfully, iWaze is here to help. Every frame on iWaze.com is available with Screen Ease technology, a proprietary comfort vision system that helps relax your eyes and reduce discomfort from extra screen time. Check out iWaze.com and try a pair of Screen Ease fitted glasses starting at just $29. Be sure to use promo code BINGE for an extra $5 off your cart. Again, that's iWaze.com to try their Screen Ease technology. Joe, why didn't I do this before I bought these glasses? I don't know. I have some of these things, though, and they're pretty cool. I mean, awesome. what, what more endorsement do you want than we actually use them? Good so. for you. Pretty proud of you. Thanks, man. All right, moving on. Okay, why don't you do your other thing? I'll save my other thing for next time. Okay, great, cool. Go I ahead. have a uh, new docu-series that just came out on Netflix. It is six episodes. They run anywhere from 37 to 47 minutes, so it's not a big commitment. It is High Score, about the history of video games. Have you watched any of this? I watched uh, some of it, yeah. Well, to be fair, because you said you were going to talk about it, I watched some of it. It's way better than I thought it was going to be. It's really cool. Okay, you watched the first episode? Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to break down. There's six episodes. I'm going to break down what they're all about. The first one is called Boom or Bust, and it covers you know the early days with like the creation of Space Invaders, Pac-Man, and the Atari 2600. For me, that's my jam. That's when I played video games the most. I grew up then. So when, when I hear Atari 2600 and Pac-Man, Joe, I had Pac-Man fever. Oh, yeah. I had Pac-Man chlamydia. 
Mm-hmm. I had I had every kind of disease you could get playing Pac-Man. I was obsessed. I was at home and I was flipping through my sticker book. You had a sticker book, right? Uh, you were a kid. I well, scratch and sniffs and puffies and googly eyes, all that. Okay, go on. I had eight pages dedicated to Pac-Man stickers, and I was like, wow. "Wow, I had no idea I was this into Pac-Man." I mean, when you look back, it's like, "Holy cow!" Right? I was definitely crazy. I freaking loved Pac-Man. These things spoke to me personally. Now, episode two is called "The Comeback Kid," and that covers Nintendo, Donkey Kong, and Mario. I wasn't a big Nintendo guy. I've obviously played it, but it wasn't my thing. Episode 3 is called Role Players. That is about text adventure and role-playing games like you played on your computer, like Quest games. Like World of Warcraft and stuff. Yeah, but primitive. Primitive. Like, they're just, at the beginning, they're just text games. Under a Killing Moon. You know, you know, like the opening of Big? Do you know Under a Killing Moon? What's Under a Killing Moon? It was a computer game. It was all text. It was a... Uh... Anyway. Right. You know, like those Lucasfilm arts games? Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, and like at the beginning of Big, when he's playing the Melt Wizard, you know, you saw Big. Yeah, yeah. That's that type of game. So that covers that. Four is This Is War, and that gets into Sega Genesis. Now, Sega Genesis came out when I was in college, and then I got back into video games because, you know, no one's learning anything. We're just playing video games. And it also covers the creation of Sonic the Hedgehog, Electronic Arts, and how they got into sports games and Madden. Now, they dominate the sports game world, right? Right. EA right. Sports. EA Sports. It's in the game. So it's in the game. Yeah. So they started that. Episode 5 is called Fight. That primarily covers Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. What do you think of those games, right? Uh, yeah, I loved, sure. I love okay. Mortal Kombat. I wasn't a Street Fighter guy. I loved Mortal Kombat. All right. Great game. I loved it. And then it gets into the whole, oh, video games are so violent, you know, and the rating system they got imposed on them. And then finally, uh, Episode 6 is Level Up. That's primarily focused on 3D games like Castle Wolfenstein and Doom. Oh, yeah, the, the like, first-person like first sh- shooters. Yeah. And also how you could play other people on your computer. Got it. Right? Yeah, so I remember my, my brother, when I was probably 12 years, uh, maybe 14 years old, my brother had a roommate, and they had computers that were hooked together with, like, uh, serial cables, whatever, like the big 25-pin, whatever. Right. And uh, they would play Doom against each other and it was just like the coolest thing i had ever seen well that episode six is for you man all right okay you know if these things pique your interest watch them now here's the thing there's a lot of people they interview that i did not care about i found that there was too much coverage of like video game competitions and tournaments and it's like you know i won tetris and it's like i don't i don't care i'm into the history and the creation so you do really get that especially for sonic Space Invaders, Pac-Man, and um, Donkey Kong. Yeah, and no, I saw the the Space Invaders stuff. It was pretty cool. The guy had his old notebook, and he was showing the drawings. Right. And how does he convert the drawings into bits and that, right. that kind of stuff. That stuff I loved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And it's all in Japanese. And it's like... Well, the, it's it's translated, but yeah. What's, yeah, I, obviously. <laughs> you can watch it if you only speak English. Yeah, because there's subtitles for when they speak Japanese, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't it. say it was thinking it was in Japanese, like that's it. You had to decipher it. Obviously, you read <laughs> subtitles. What was the show you watched that was uh, the America Stories or whatever that was entirely in some other language? And you didn't know there was a subtitle? Little America. 
Yeah, I watched like good three fourths of that with like these African languages. And but the thing is, I figured it out. I got I got the gist from the acting and the performances. Well, that's yeah, that's. I did highly. go back though and watch it. And I was like, wow, I was off. I was way off. I watched a couple because I was like, I'm gonna go back and check these out with with the you know the subtitles. And I was like, oh, not what I was thinking at all. So anyway, that's hilarious. Okay, now. <laughs> While this is pretty good, I don't want people to think it's like the definitive documentary on video games. There's way more other stuff out there you can watch. I'm going to give you two examples. Okay. okay. And these are both streaming for free right now on YouTube. Wait, can I guess? What? King yeah. of Kong. Yes. And uh, actually, that's the only one I know. The other one is Atari Game Over. Okay. King of Kong's from 2007. It's one hour and 23 minutes. The full title is The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. It's about this competition between who got the highest score ever on Donkey Kong. I saw it in the theater. I loved it. It's moving. Like, I teared up in it. I definitely recommend this movie highly. The King of Kong is great. And then if you're really into Atari, Atari Game Over and that came out in 2014. That's only one hour and six minutes. And that really gets into the history of Atari and also in depth about the creation of E.T., the extraterrestrial, the worst video game ever. This documentary, High Score, touches on it, but Atari Game Over really gets into it. The whole premise of it, you know, they said there was a landfill where Atari dumped all these games they couldn't sell. So this is them digging them up and seeing if they can actually find them and unearth them. And then it goes into the history of Atari and everything, okay. which I loved. Like I said, both of them right now streaming for free on YouTube, but high score, six episodes on Netflix. Not great. Okay. Like I said, look through the six. You don't have to watch them all. See what, you know, what era you came from and watch that. Or watch them all if you want to. Some of the stuff, like they, they interview this one guy who worked for a uh, Nintendo helpline. Like you'd call in and go, oh, yeah. I don't know how to get past level seven on Zelda. And they help you out. little too much really? time with him. I'm like, all right, I get it. They, they spend too much time on some things. Where I'm like, let's move on. But end of the day, it's worth your time. High score on Netflix. It's a light binge. Okay, and tell you what, let me before I hit the button, I'm yeah. gonna add my two cents. Okay. Which is as much of it as I watched, it's a spectacularly done documentary, which uh makes almost anything more interesting than maybe it should be. I thought it was great. If you love video games, I mean if you're on if you're on the fence, I'll I'll help you push over to the other side. I think it's a binge. Okay, now you had one more stupid thing you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'm not going to go yeah. in I'm going to go outside. I know you hate this. I'm I just go wanted start to give smoking. Shut up. Shut up. Quick recap of the Umbrella Academy Season 2. Oh now, you know I enjoyed Season 1. Season 2 is better than Season 1 because they've got their characters established. They've got the tone down better. They've got their mojo for Season 2. So I know a lot of people were like, especially you, like, I didn't like this. Give it another shot. Season two is superior to one. They've still got that great soundtrack, so many great songs in it. Like I said the first time, it's the Royal Tenenbaums meets the Super Friends. No, 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 no. Look at everyone that listens knows, okay? Season two, critics, 90%. Audience, 89%. All right, fine. Everyone likes this show except you. Well, let's hope to God it's I know you're not going to give it a second chance, but I just saying I liked it more than the first 
and I really like the first. So Umbrella Academy season two on Netflix, 10 episodes. It's still a binge. Okay, quick recap. We're very excited that Cobra Kai is now available. Seasons one and two on Netflix. No excuses not to watch. None. 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 Uh, Season three coming now next year, which is kind of a bummer. We hoped it would come out this fall, but um, Gives you plenty of time to watch one and two, and you will love it. Thank you. Uh, HBO Max has some really cool old stuff on it, which as much as we review new stuff, there's some cool old stuff. If you haven't seen... On the waterfront and Citizen Kane and Casablanca. Casablanca. Go, All go. those movies, like you're like, I'm gonna get around to that someday, and yeah. then you try to find them or whatever streaming. You know, you know they're you, all there. Yeah, you know what you should do. This is something that I did a long time ago, but I printed out every Best Picture award all the way back to uh, Wings, and uh, I've tried to watch every Best Picture winner, and a lot of that old stuff apparently now is on HBO Max, so that's cool just by itself. Uh, also, Hard Knocks is out. I am not prepared to review that. I'm halfway through. Everyone's halfway through. I'm watching it. You know why I watch it? Just to see the girlfriends and the wives of the players. The wags, yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah, wives and girlfriends. Yeah, I mean, that's really... Because I really don't care about these two teams. And also... How how dare you? They're LA... You live in Los Angeles. No one cares about these teams in LA. You've lived here for 45 years Yes, I have. Right? And I still (laughs) support my Buffalo Bills. That'll never change. Did you see the stadium, though? They should, they gave a tour of the stadium. It looks like a friggin' Ritz-Carlton. I know. It looks insane. I mean, the thing is, like, I cannot wait to see a game there, if ever. And now what yeah. I'm furious about is the Bills are playing both L.A. teams this year, but in Buffalo. But here's what? the thing. Yeah. So, But they're not playing any of them in L.A. So it's like, I'll see, I'll see Buffalo play in L.A. No. But guess what? COVID. So who cares? No one's going to see him play. Well, at least the first three regular season games are no fans, and then they're going to decide, I think, after that what to do. Mm-hmm. So who mm-hmm. who knows? But anyway, I didn't even mean to get into it. All I'm saying is uh, Hard Knocks is a little bit hit or miss, and I'm not ready to review it. All right. So we'll talk about it later. But Okay, fine. Anyway, uh, then we talked about Making Waves, a documentary on Amazon about film, uh, sound design for film. Which the Art of Cinematic Sound. Yeah, which is really cool. If you're any kind of filmmaker or interested in behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, it's pretty cool. This was right up my alley, man. I loved this. So that was a total binge. Then we talked about a documentary called Most Likely to Succeed, uh, which came out uh, late last year, but now it's kind of all over Amazon Prime. This was directed by Pamela Litke, who's a photographer, and she did a fantastic job following four high school seniors who were all voted Most Likely to Succeed. One of them called in tonight. So that was really cool. Charles Ryder, Disco, from, mm-hmm. from the uh, documentary, called in. Thank you so much. Uh, he's a great dude, and uh, we love talking to him. That's definitely a binge. Then uh, Demo talked about High Score, a Netflix docuseries about video games. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, but actually, I've watched part of this, and it was cool, too. So three binges. And the Umbrella Academy season two. That's a binge. Don't forget that. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, Joe, what are you looking forward to, it says here. Uh, I am looking forward to something that's Netflix-related, and I haven't told you about it yet. Okay. There's a very interesting thing happening in Los Angeles from October to early January. It's a drive-in experience for Stranger Things. Ah, a listener of ours, listener Scott, has already got tickets. Well, that makes two of us, because I got tickets, too. 
And are I we can't. going to the Stranger Things driving experience? <laughs> you want to go? It's I got tickets for a car. You can get in the car and come with me. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, I'm going in like uh, middle of December or something. But yeah, you're welcome to come. Of course. Okay. People who don't live in LA don't realize they do weird promotional stuff here. Like they rebuilt the It House on Sunset and Vine for like a year. Remember that? Yep. There's just like there's stuff that happens here that no one Pop-ups. can explain. Pop-ups, yeah, which is like, what? What are you doing? But this is a drive-through thing because of, uh, you know, COVID and what. Drive-in. Well, dri- drive-through. You drive through it, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a drive-in thing. Oh no, this is you're you're gonna drive through. You drive through, yeah, and you go through sets and you go through. There's all this VFX. It's kind of like being on the tram at Universal Studios, from oh, what I can gather. Okay. But you're in your own car. Got it. So um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, and I would love it if. if so you, it's sort of if, like going to see the Christmas lights, but instead it's Stranger Things. Yeah, and there's all kinds of VFX tricks and sound, and you connect your car to the Bluetooth and whatever. So I'm really looking forward to that. And it sold out, by the way, in about two hours for four months. It sounds good. And it's a really innovative idea. You know, one silver lining thing about COVID is that people are starting to get a little more innovative than they were a year ago. So. Uh, this should be pretty cool, I think. Right on. The other thing I'm looking forward to, we have some interviews coming, and I can't say, but there's some cool. We have a couple of more. We're call-ins. trying to get more interviews. People We're seem to like it. that. Yeah, you guys are like, hey, your interview went not bad. I'm like, yeah. okay, do more of them. All right. They're like anyone besides you guys talking yeah. is good. <laughs> so we've got some of that. We've got a couple of really cool people on tap. I think so. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot more, of fun ahead, man. Yeah, more to come on that. Right on. Um, we want to tell people where you tell them this time where they can find us. You can find us on Stitcher, right? That's the only one I remember because I never use it. What <laughs> I don't the hell know. is Stitcher? I don't know if we're even on Stitcher. Yeah. I, Apple I, Podcasts, iTunes, right? Was that right? Yeah. I don't know. Yep. YouTube. That's the one I do, right? I'm always I'm the one that puts the YouTube thing together. Yep. iHeartRadio. Yeah. Yeah, and there. Where can they reach us? I ask myself, and I'm going to answer. Okay. Contact us at binge or purge podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at binge or purge. Instagram is binge or purge podcast. And uh, I don't know, call me, whatever. I don't know. Stop by. Yeah. Yeah. Stop by our studio apartment. You'll love it. It's great. We'll cough on you. It'll be a, a memorable experience. Oh, man. Well, until next time, stay safe, I guess. I hope I uh, get to see you sooner than because uh, it's been a long time. It's since been a long time. Lesson, so. It has. It has. So go ahead. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Okay.